Greetings, everyone. This is the Sound Health Options Show with Richard Talk to Me Guy, and Sherry Edwards is building that portal bigger and better every day. The soundhealthportal.com is an amazing thing because now you can be a bioacoustic practitioner online and access amazing amounts of information just from recording a couple of 45-second recordings of your voice and then submitting them on the platform to get various amazing reports. I think currently, when you, if you go to soundhealthportal.com and you click on services and then you click on campaigns, they she's often running a, a campaign as a free software vocal print that you can do. And a vocal print means that you submit the, you sign up for a free account. You then do two 45 second recordings on your computer through the platform. You submit those, you choose the, the I think now they're doing bio diet, post-traumatic stress disorder, neuroplasticity, neuroplasticity, and a couple of others that I can't remember. And you can submit that. And within a couple of hours to overnight, you'll get a report back with a, boatload of information about things that are balanced or possibly too much or not enough or this is a really amazing thing and now it's all available online instead of having to haul around a computer which I find to be very exciting <clears throat> so she is off building that out even more every time I see it now it's always like wow we can do that now that's amazing so that's the sound health portal and I will say now, and I say this every week, but I'm going to keep saying it. <clears throat> this is one of those shows from having studied Stacy Doric's book, Sunlight Chair Yoga, Yoga for Everyone, along with a, she just has a bunch of great information available <clears throat> both on YouTube, on her own site, uh, everywhere, that is just really, the benefits are so good. And it's not hard, even though I continue to resist it. <laughs> That's a separate show. Um, but it's really great information. And you'll be able to hear this show about 10 to 15 minutes after we end the show. You can go directly to soundhealthoptions.com, click on the radio tab, then click on Sound Health Radio, and you'll find the show there and the link back to the show notes. And the immediate audio will be able to be listened to be there, to, will be there, or... It takes a little longer, but you'll find it perhaps in an hour, sometimes faster, at any of your favorite podcast aggregators, which could be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts is getting quite good, I like Pocket Casts. Those are all just places where you can subscribe, typically for free to shows and track them. And if you had to go to any of those locations, you can search for Sherry Edwards, and you'll find about 700 hours of shows, and this will be the most recent one. You can also search for the hashtag talk to me guy, all one word, and you'll find the shows. And this is just really good long-term beneficial effect, wellness, happiness, information. And with that, Stacy Doric is the author of Sunlight Chair Yoga, Yoga for Everyone, and a certified Sivananda yoga instructor since 1995. Born into a vegetarian family and taken to ashram since birth, Stacy is living the yogic lifestyle in the world and sharing its benefits with others. She is teaching chair yoga and yoga for seniors and at companies in the San Francisco Bay Area. Stacy is also a stress management specialist for the Ornish Heart Disease Reversal Program in Northern California 
and for an Alzheimer's research study at the Preventative Medicine Research Institute by Dr. Dean Ornish. Stacy teaches charity yoga teacher trainings annually at the Bahamas Sivananda Yoga Ashram and has her teacher training and courses online. Stacy has been featured on KQED NPR California Radio, CBS Miami Health Watch News, and Yogi Views Cable TV, as well as having Chair Yoga with Stacy shows on Marin TV in California. Stacy joins us to talk about yoga for everyone. Welcome, Stacy. Hi, Richard. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> Stacy for Stacy and I happen to be in the same time zone for a difference. Usually I'm talking to people in other parts of the country, but Stacy's in the Bay Area and I'm just about forty five minutes north of there. Um Yes. I wanna ask when did when did yoga come into your life? Well, I came into life with yoga <laughs> <It's in reverse. laughs> my my parents were um practicing they learned it before i was born from my father was learning from kind of one of the waves when i guess yoga was fairly newer to america although there was a wave earlier than that but when swami sachidananda who now was then started integral yoga he was teaching in new york city where we're from from new york and my dad was going into new york city to study direct with him and my father also was um, learning meditation and yoga from Swami Muktananda, who then had an ashram upstate New York. So my parents, who were not yogis growing up and ate meat and didn't practice yoga, they learned from them, and then they shifted to become vegetarian. And by the time I was born, they were taking me to ashrams to meet Muktananda when I was young, up in, in um, then it was South Fallsburg, New York, and raised our family full vegetarian. So that's why I say I was born into it in a sense because of the diet and exposed to the gurus and chants. And um, my father had a meditation room in our house. So I watched him meditate and do his yoga postures and, and such. So the journey was there for me, but I didn't actually really start my own journey till later on when I was 17 or 18 with my own practice. And as a, as a child, as you watched your father do it, were you ever drawn in to join him in trying to do the postures, or you just was it was it a need that you started doing it? Was there something that suddenly you and your teens went, "Oh, I want to be doing this"? Yes, um, although for children, if they're watching parents do it, and now yoga is so much pop, more popular, and they have fun yoga for kids classes and videos and books. So now it's a little different. But then I do remember my father doing the postures a bit on his own in the meditation room, more so I remember looking through some of the yoga books um, that he had. But I wasn't actually really doing it then or even playing around with the postures. He did also take us when we were, um, when I was preteen and teenager, to the Shivananda Yoga Ashram in Bahamas for vacation. So that's when I, was, I did attend the classes. That was probably more my first time doing the yoga they call asana or posture. And mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I was 14, 15. I was flexible. It was fun. I wasn't um, enjoying, nor were my sisters, the meditation or the chanting. We thought it was strange and we were like, you know, giggly teens. But the postures I loved. I remember that. But I, again, wasn't, I wouldn't say a need. It was more my father saying, if you join me on this occasion, you have to come with me to meditation and do yoga. So, but it was later on, there was a need. Yeah, that was his, uh, 
the ashram and his requirements. So later on, though, when I was um, at a junior in high school, 17, there was a need. And many people are drawn to yoga or meditation for a need, right? Something's out of balance, physical or emotional. So we're looking for a tool. And I already had yoga in my radar from growing up with it and being exposed. But it was a, um, a neck injury I had, and they weren't sure what it was. And right before the chiropractor wanted me to get a suggested an MRI, although my father was suggesting yoga, um, I really, it was more when the, my chiropractor said, why don't you try this videotape or VHS tape back in the day, in the 90s. And it was Lilius Folan alive with yoga. She used to be on PBS. And my chiropractor suggested it. So I said, okay, I was a teenager. So you don't always listen to your parents' wisdom then, right? So the chiropractor, though, I said, okay, I'll try the video. And I kid you not, within two days of a simple 30-minute, what's now considered gentle yoga, most poses on the ground, very gentle, simple, um, most of the neck pain was released. I never had to get the MRI. It was never, it might have been a vertebrae a bit out, but everything kind of subsided. And not only that, I kept doing it because I was feeling this amazing peace and it was helping with, at the time, probably anxiety and some potential depression issues that I wasn't even aware I was going through on the conscious level. So I kept doing it. My body felt good. The peace was there. And I was in high school, which was a little strange then, but I was doing a 30-minute yoga practice every day. It was in my mother's room because it was the VHS tape or VCR tape back then. And I would go home from (laughs) high school and practice. So that is how my Hatha yoga journey started. But the roots and the seeds of it were from my father and I'm sure these yogis and gurus that were there and my dad exposing us to it and the diet also my whole life vegetarian is the yogic diet so I'm sure that was preparing me too for further practices later on and um and mm-hmm. I've been practicing ever since I you want me to keep going with the story well I was gonna from, I was just gonna there? toss in about I was yeah. gonna toss in for a moment about the I remember Lula's uh Lula's yoga and you I think it was even mm-hmm. in black and white that's how long ago it was we still had a black and white tv um, and I remember mm-hmm. spinning by her perhaps on Saturday morning and thinking, and she was doing some chair stuff. I would see her in various postures. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. it. I just thought, what is she doing sitting on a flat stage in a chair doing like pointing to the sky? Um, and I always exactly. thought it was interesting. And she did it for like for decades, it seems like. I just remember later in life, she was still doing chair, you know, okay, I think toward the latter years she might have moved into chair yoga or maybe it was just when I was spinning by the channels that I'd see her and she'd be in a chair doing a posture um, so she had yes. done it for a long time yeah and you're correct she wasn't officially saying always I'm teaching chair yoga it was just <clears throat> yoga but she was one of the pioneers of making yoga accessible for everyone in all ages and an amazing pioneer that on PBS and public TV and her books and videos was showing how seniors or anyone of any age or ability could practice yoga postures if they can't be on the ground she would show and one of her books had some chair and in her videos too some chair versions so she was um, definitely an inspiration not only as my first teacher via, via the video but what she's done over the years with chair yoga but I had the good fortune when she turned 80 a few years ago I had the good fortune and blessing to assist her she actually was in San Francisco at 80 teaching for the yoga journal conference so she, um, she's amazing, and, and as a, even and at in her at eighty, watching her do the postures, and more importantly, her spirit, and her compassion, and her ability to teach 
yoga to everyone and make them feel comfortable and make it practical for people who are not living in an ashram. It's just always amazing. I have learned so much from her as well, a I teacher think and things, as a student. Right. And one of the things that I observed, even though I, I mean, I knew what yoga was, I hadn't been around. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I grew up in the polar opposite of your kind of family. Uh, definitely okay. not vegetarians <laughs> and not people who would lean toward even being interested in, in a yogic practice. But I just remember mm-hmm. any time I would see her on TV, I'd pause and I'd watch her. And she was always so, I think I have to say, peaceful. You know, she was just mm. always so at ease. I mean, I watched her for, you know, I don't I mean, watched for maybe a few minutes or longer in latter years when I'd possibly be sitting at a computer doing something and look up. And there she would be. And she was just always calm, at ease doing these, you know, she was very fluid in how her emotions were. Um, and she did yeah. it for almost 30 years. But she was, throughout mm-hmm. that time, yeah. she was always that consistent, smiling kind of, just very, you know, it always looked like, oh, huh, that's really interesting. Not enough to get me hooked, but <laughs> um, I wish yeah. I had. It was really a great. Um, I want to ask you about... It's never too late. That's her message. Right. Thank <laughs> you. And I, say that again. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep writing that down. Um, now would it's be never good too me. late to get the benefit. Thank you. Thank Anytime. you very much. Yes. <laughs> um, I want to get a little bit of where did yoga come from? When did it start? I mean, it's, it's been around forever, air, air mm-hmm. quotes forever, but I mean, when did it start? Why, what, what's the philosophy? Okay. Well, yoga is a, um, a word in Sanskrit from India that means to yoke, to connect, to join. So literally the old definition, one of them is um, the connection of the inner true self, your individual soul, with the universal self. So in common language, what we're saying in yoga is the connection of our, who we really are inside with the truth outside. So that means the energy that's in us is connected to the energy in the earth, the animals, the air, and everything is one. So yoga means one, to connect. Modern-day yoga, often people will say, oh, it's connection, breath and body, or mind-body connection. That is true, too, because the yoga techniques, meaning, for example, the yoga exercises, the postures, the breathing technique, meditation, perhaps the mantra, that does give connection, body, to the mind and breath. But the true yoga is experiencing beyond just the connection of body, mind, and breath, but feeling the connection to your source, your true innermost self. And can't really give a word on that. That will be maybe different experience for everyone. But connection. So yoga is, that's the broad term. Hatha yoga means sun and moon yoga in Sanskrit, which is what you see in most America yoga studios or gyms or senior centers if they have yoga, which is the postures, breathing, meditation, relaxation, and sometimes some mantras. So that Hatha Yoga is, they say, about 6,000 years old, but of course everyone has a different theory. One theory was that, um, or some say there was, they found like cave, in the, I believe in the caves or somewhere they were seeing like ancient cave or drawings in stone of yogis sitting in these meditation postures. So that's how they estimated about 6,000 years old. There is other traditions of yoga from perhaps Nepal and Tibet that might be older I once saw a documentary and Gurumukh, who's a Kundalini yoga teacher, which is a, also from India, but from 
um, more veered from Yogi Bhajan brought it to the West, who was a Sikh, and that's more um, different. They don't, instead of Sanskrit, they do the chants in Gurmukhi and a slightly different technique. And in one of the documentaries, she said it was 60,000 years old, I remember. So everyone might have a different number, but it's old. It's an old, old practice, at least 6,000 years old, the Hatha Yoga. And is, as they were doing it, did it, as it evolved, it, did a master come up with it and begin to teach people, or did, has it evolved in terms of the postures? I'm curious about mm-hmm. the postures def- because I have a whole yeah. other conversation about postures. But it, did, did it slowly yeah. evolve, and then it became like Hatha Yoga, the various schools? Or do they yeah, co-evolve? such a good question. It's such a good question. So technically, when way back when the yoga, I mean, I wasn't there, but based on what I understand, when the yogis were doing meditation, that was Hatha Yoga, because they were, then the postures were more like cross-legged seats or lotus, like where you put your foot on your thigh and it looks cross-legged, a little more bound up. The lotus posture, what you might see in like the old pictures of the yogis and such. So technically, those were yoga asana, posture. It used to be more that the posture in a lot of the texts were talking about meditation poses. Yoga was all about discovering who are we, what's our true self. It wasn't back then just for the workout of the body, right? So they were doing postures, a few theories, one in part so they could sit comfortably for long hours, perhaps cross-legged or in lotus to meditate. Also, the other was doing, they were practicing Hatha Yoga to stay free of disease, to prevent disease for longevity, and to stay healthy. So it could support meditation and then some for yoga tradition also to help serve humanity. So there was all, it was kind of all connected. So the postures itself, the yoga asana, did evolve because what used to be more traditional Hatha poses way back um, there's another theory, too, that some, like, there's no set name to give, but that a, yogis were perhaps sitting in meditation and the energy was moving through the body, the kundalini energy, they call it, or energy that they spontaneously went into these postures. Then we learned from that the shoulder stand or the plow or poses. So there's a little few theories on it, but there, it's not one particular yogi. There's, sometimes they say Shiva in, in uh, India from Hinduism was the first yogi, the lord of the yogis. And then there is in different lineages, there was definitely the first of each lineage, the gurus that passed down through the centuries, specific techniques. And there's many, and there's different paths, different lineages based on the guru, the area in India. So every technique or lineage and different ashrams might have a slightly different way to do poses. But it, it did also evolve. I might, I'm going to, I always forget which one, but over the years later on in India, it was either British i got to get this right, <laughs> but it was either British, um, British gymnastics with Indian wrestling or British wrestling with Indian gymnastics, but something combined, I learned, to form more modern-day postures, like I believe the warrior poses and other postures now that you'll see in a lot of modern-day studios, like power yoga and flow yoga class. But not all of those were from thousands of years ago, per se, although no one exactly was there to know. But there are some poses that were more traditional in some older texts, like basic headstand, shoulder stand, plow, forward bend, cobra pose, sun salute, that were more ancient. But there's definitely now, in the modern age, now people are also making up poses left and right and variations and fun names for them. And all kinds of things are happening in America with true, true, the true American way, making up everything they want, right? 
So it's all <laughs> all beneficial, but it's definitely, but there are for sure, it's a great question. There are more older postures, but originally the postures were all about meditation, meditation poses, seated poses. I actually have a very old book from, oh yeah, um, the uh, book from Swami Shivananda, for example, called Yoga Asana I got when I was at his ashram in Rishikesh. And if you look at the books from the yogis, older Hatha Yoga, it's very um, systematic and all very similar, different, little different than now modern yoga, what's going on. And uh, the purpose of, we'll get to chair yoga, I swear, everybody, just hang on a second. Um, <laughs> are the, is the function of the postures to put the body into, it, it, let's say in the really classic yoga, do you think that the, the flow mm-hmm. of the yoga is to move the energy of the bo- in the body in different ways to get one to a particularly deep meditative state? And it's what, what is the function? Are there... Function is not quite the right word, but uh, what are the yeah. functions of the various the postures? Yeah, is there? Well, I tried not to use the question. goal, but, but what are, yeah. what are they? Where are they? Where are they taking us? What's the idea of the various postures? Yeah, this is another great question. We life is precious, right? So we don't want to do any practice that doesn't give benefits and waste our time. There is definite benefit. The postures again were designed, or well, we'll just say I don't know exactly who designed it, one person, but basically the postures are for physical health, like exercise. It strengthens your muscles, it stretches your muscles, gives you flexibility. So on the physical level, just like any exercise or workout, it also is good for your circulation and moving the body, moving the body. But yoga specifically not just gives flexibility that people always think of with yoga, it brings strength. It gives balance. There's balance poses on one leg more than other sports or other type of activities where you're really having to purposely practice balance. So the physical level, it helps the muscles, joints. More traditionally and older, they were doing these postures for, as you said, the flow of energy, but also for the internal organs. Again, back then, they weren't going for, you know, look at my picture on social media, what I can do with the pose, or look at my abs, (laughs) or that. It was more for longevity, preventing disease, so they can meditate, be in harmony with the earth, or help the earth and the humans and the animals. So each posture has a specific benefit, just like different exercises you would do maybe at the gym, right? Squats for your legs, maybe push-ups help your arm muscles. So just like that in yoga, each posture has a physical benefit. Each one has an emotional or mental benefit. And I can suggest, like, forward bends maybe calming, inversions when you bring your legs up over the heart and I'll talk about chair yoga later how you can do that without doing shoulder stand that's good for your circulation and your heart um, there's sun salute is more energizing it's more of a rapid pace with breath so each type of pose has a definite physical real benefit but then there is also a benefit that you don't always get with other exercise when we do our yoga postures we are giving full attention to the breath not just the body. And often, in not every single technique, but often we're consciously breathing and perhaps purposely slower than we normally do. So that activates your parasympathetic nervous system, it's called, which in common English, it means it calms us down. It's the calming response, not the stress response. So what's interesting about Hatha Yoga Pose, and if you can hear, I have such a passion for it, doing this so long in my own life and teaching that 
um, I hope when I just talk about it, it inspires people to try it because what you feel, it was so amazing with Hatha Yoga, you strengthen the body, you feel energy, more flexibility, more balance. While you're calming the mind, it's kind of meditative. You're focusing. So you feel the mental benefit of a meditation. It's kind of a physical or moving meditation. So you're not just exercising, thinking about all your problems. You're in the moment with your breath, in that connection, breath and body. And the postures are kind of challenging sometimes. They're not all so relaxing. So if your mind starts to drift somewhere else, believe me, you'll feel your body will be thrown off balance and you've got to come back to it, your attention on the feet or whatever's going on. So there's extreme benefit, physical level, emotional benefit. As you mentioned, the energy benefit. For example, Shivananda Yoga is one of the, um, my first training, 95, was at the Shivananda Ashram. And I'm very connected to that lineage and teaching kind of a good route from their tradition, their good old school classical Hatha Yoga. And they brought a lot of ashrams and yoga to America. And they talk about the 12 postures after sun salute in their sequences designed, as you said, to move the energy. In fact, the postures are designed in their theory to move the energy through the chakras, which is like your um, energy, silent energy center is not a physical point along kind of along the spine that go up to the brow point to above the head from base of spine. So that's in Hatha for sure. And then Kundalini Yoga, which I also trained in, um, to teach in and practice a bit of, that really moves the energy purposely. They do postures, but they connect often a posture with the breath practice at the same time, and then sometimes a hand position, like a hand pose called the mudra, while they might be doing a mantra. They're doing it all in one sometimes. Very interesting. And that really gets the energy moving. So for people who feel sluggish, not motivated, low energy, yoga can definitely get the energy moving, but it does so much more. I've just you know, mentioned so many benefits, but there's others as well for blood pressure, heart health, and go on and on. So when did chair focus become a, fo- become a focus for you or a passion? Mm. It came out of um, people needing it. As I was teaching yoga, I started teaching in 95 in college. And I was in New Mexico then, and yoga wasn't even in most of the health clubs then, so I was starting it up. I started up for a staff at hospital um, in UNM for the staff. I was just starting to teach it everywhere because I wanted people to benefit. And when I was teaching over the years, I had someone brought his wife once who was in a wheelchair and uh, mostly paralyzed from the waist down. I also taught some companies such as Goldman Sachs when I lived in San Francisco, and they didn't want their employees to change, so I got creative and created a sequence that they could wear their work clothes. And we this is downtown San Francisco in the corporate um, building and one of the conference rooms. So I got creative and figured out how to do our postures and practice around a conference table in your work clothes. So it was really by students needing adaptions. Not every student could get down on the ground. But then I um, formally learned it more. It wasn't one person per se that started chair yoga. Probably as long as yoga existed, I imagine, people were modifying if they need it based on their ability. It wasn't always formal books or talked about. But then like Lilius, as you saw, had... Um, chair yoga in her videos. She didn't always call it chair yoga. So chair yoga is not a new kind of yoga. It's just adapting the postures to make it accessible and comfortable and safe for those who perhaps can't get on the ground, whether it's a physical um, reason, a disability, if they're in a wheelchair, or maybe, as I mentioned, at work or traveling or on a airplane. <laughs> there are so many reasons why you may use a chair. 
But there were some people doing more formal work of it. Lakshmi Volker is one who was teaching it for many, many years. Um, and then I got sick with Lyme disease. This is what really led me to dive deep in the work because I was so sick and getting um, dizzy and joint pain that I started doing some chair yoga on my own for my own healing. And I found it so healing. And I couldn't do the sun salute and poses with my head down because I was getting vertigo at the time and dizzy. And I was so um, happy that I could find a way to do yoga that was still healing, even if I did 10 minutes then versus an hour and a half because I was extremely fatigued. So that really led me to want to dive in deeper to help more people. And I took a gentle yoga training with Giovanna, who now runs the Accessible Yoga um, Association, which helps people also adapt yoga. And I was teaching um, throughout being sick myself. And then now that I'm better, still teaching tons for senior homes, assisted living homes, medical settings, companies, um, community centers. I teach weekly at a church, chair yoga for seniors in San Rafael. So there's um, not really, it wasn't one person that I learned specifically chair yoga. It was first me just getting creative with my students as needed. And then over time, um, learning more from gentle yoga integral and, and different people who have also just kind of figured out how to adapt to make it every, so everyone can do it basically. Mm -hmm. And what do you do as a stress management specialist for the Ornish lifestyle medicine group? Hmm. Well, that actually does involve some chair yoga as well. Um, It's stress management for the heart disease reversal program. I've been teaching it about a year now. Dr. Ornish is an incredible pioneer of bringing yoga and vegetarian or vegan diet and meditation, support groups, and exercise. Those are all the components of his programs. He's research-based that he was really the first one, I believe, to prove that you can not only prevent heart disease but reverse it with lifestyle change, not with medication or surgery per se. So I teach stress management, one of the components of his program. They have exercise a dietitian talk about the vegetarian or vegan diet for their optimal health and heart disease reversal, um, group support. And then I teach an hour stress management, which is basically yoga and meditation. And some people do chair yoga the whole time if they're not going to get down on the ground. So we don't call it specifically chair yoga there, but it is chair yoga. Any yoga that you're using a chair is chair yoga, basically. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> very, very, it's not. It's not as complex as it. Yeah, it's not a new style or as complex as it sounds. And it's actually not even a marketing gimmick. It's really a quick way for people to know. Oh, I can go to that class. It's called chair yoga. That means I don't have to get on the ground because many people won't go. They've had an injury, a hip replacement, a knee injury. Maybe they have a sprained ankle. Any reason they're not going to get up and down comfortably, or perhaps other reasons they've just had a surgery and they're fatigued and they may not go to yoga class because they've seen what's going on in these yoga classes and it's a hard workout some of them every style is different not all of them but when they hear chair yoga it right away tells people oh i could do that i could sit in a chair so it's well, really just a way <laughs> to let everyone know it's it's, it's it's everyone if you can sit in a chair if you're in a wheelchair you can do this right and i'm laughing slightly nervously because i've always said if you i i've always had well, for example, I'm at a standing workstation. I don't sit okay. at a computer. I stand all day. Okay. And I've had various careers, like when I was in the culinary world for 20 years, I was standing all the time. 
And even during those times, and then for years, partially during the restaurant years, I was also a gym rat. So I'd go pump iron because I liked the way it felt. And it was my, it was a meditation okay. for me. But the trick of that yeah. all is, is, is I've always been terrible at stretching. So I've always said that if I got down on the floor, you would have to call, get like the jaws of life to get <laughs> me up off the floor. So the idea of when, right. when your book came across the desk to talk about, I was excited for exactly that reason because of that. Oh, chair yoga. I could probably do that because just the idea yep. of, as you say, through the years of seeing, you know, go to passing yoga, yoga studios or seeing now that it's so trendy to have everybody walking around with their mat under their arms. Just the idea of getting down on the floor keeps me from doing any kind of yogic practice because it's just not, mm. I, I'm, I've stood, you know, almost half my, more than half my life. I like standing. I'm just yeah. much more comfortable. Yep. So the idea of okay. being able to sit in a chair and possibly doing it is uh, very exciting to me. So I'm, I'm the market. <laughs> I'm one of the well, people that's like, that. oh, wow. <laughs> not yeah. only that, I think you'd like to know, in my book and, and I, on my videos and my courses and the way I teach chair yoga, also in the workplace, you can stand at your desk and do it. There's, if someone's, in a wheelchair and can't stand or not going to stand or not comfortable or balance is an issue. They can do the whole practice seated. And every pose I teach standing, I have a matching same posture way to do it seated. But there is standing chair yoga. And often, I just taught for a law firm down in um, Silicon Valley last week, a, like a chair yoga class. We're going to do it every two months now for the lawyers and the admins. And in that class, I taught some maybe 20 minutes standing using the back of the chair for support but you can also do it on a conference table or your desk so you can get a very similar benefit for leg strength and balance as you do postures standing but you have the chair or desk for balance support which is nice or you can be in your work clothes so I think you might like that too if you're liking the standing well, and you don't I, have to I, get down on the ground. That's the thing. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. No, <laughs> don't make me go down there. Um, and, I, and also I had a, a, about uh, being in the tech world. I was a technical writer for a software company for only a few years because it was madness. But just when I think of all these people that I w work with, uh, either with their own, you know, helping them set up a computer system or that kind of thing, that sit at a desk all day long, I just think, oh, my God. You know, just the amount of just everything about sitting at a desk all day long is bad. In my view, that's a personal view. Just the ergonomics of sitting. Yeah. Is, we're not really meant to sit, <laughs> um, especially yeah. for well, the length of time exactly. we do. Exactly. And I'm I'm reading now Elise Collins, who I, I think you she was on your show as well. She's yes. a Bay yoga teacher and wrote a book, Super Ager, about people who are living over 100 and in her book, she points out quite a bit how people who exercise and are moving, it's one of the components, which is also what Dr. Ornish is teaching in his heart disease reversal program, that exercise and movement is key. So here we are in the modern age, sitting eight hours a day, driving home, sitting, going home, and then people sit on their couch more and watch TV, and then they lie down and go to sleep. Often they park close to the office building, and then if they do go to the gym, it's kind of ironic, people will try to park close to the gym and then they might do and it's good <laughs> if they still go to the gym and do 20 30 minute workout then you're getting some exercise but if people aren't doing that or taking walks on their lunch break they're not getting the movement and it's not so great on the body the joints the back the heart the metabolism to be sitting all day so that's why in elise's book i i love how there was one um specific example she was saying how someone 
gardens a lot, and she found that that was great for him. He was over 100. I think it was in, I believe, in Japan, but because probably because he was getting exercise as well as eating the organic vegetables, the benefits of the plant-based diet. So there's a combination when you're exercising too. If you're outside, you're getting fresh air. But the yoga postures you can do at work if you don't have the time to get outside and, and, and have fresh air or sunshine. At least you can do 10 minutes at your desk. So I always say some yoga better than no yoga, right? Or some is better than none. That's almost a hat. That would be a great hat. Some yoga is better than none. <laughs> right. Um, that'd be a great better than no, no. <laughs> well, and also when, when I talked to Elise, one of the things that we did, talked about is I, I kind of, I observed that in the cultures that were observed in the longevity study is that I don't think in the lexicon of any of those cultures, the word exercise was ever used because it was part mm. of their life. You know, like the, exactly. the men in Sardinia who lived to be older than usual for men, um, they go out and herd sheep or goats. I can't remember which something with cloven hooves all day long. And they just, they're out on their feet walking around all day long. And I don't think they call that exercise. Mm-hmm. They call that life. And, and a number exactly. of those other cultures. And we've lost that. We've lost the getting out and being we've lost physical. It. Yep. With modern offices, cars, but I know I did once a trek with my father in Nepal and I remember they were, there was no um, roads between some of the villages. It might have taken five hours to get village to village. And all ages, seniors too, walking. So back before we had cars and offices in some areas still, they're walking, they're exercising. It's not, again, because I'm going to exercise, quote unquote, because they're trying to get to bring something to the next village or it's more practical, as you said, life or gardening or toiling the land or farming physically out there not with machines so as modern age came about so did the lack of physical movement for many people which is detrimental for the health in the long run Mm -hmm. i'm going to jump i'm going to jump slightly here and ask about Mm -hmm. what you have observed in the alzheimer's research study that dr ornish does at his center i'm interested in the idea of the health benefit that you've observed the various also in dementia, I would, I would put together dementia and Alzheimer's. You've worked with people, yeah. particularly in the senior homes, I believe. But I'm curious mm-hmm. about the, what you've observed in that realm from yoga. Right. That's a good question. So um, for eight or ten years, I've been starting up chair yoga programs or teaching and training teachers to do the same at assisted living homes or senior homes or specifically memory care and Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's and dementia homes. So I've specifically been teaching that on my own and I do chair yoga because many people are in wheelchairs or it's just, um, and not everyone, some people can stand and and do full postures, but the majority of people, if they're later stage Alzheimer's, and again, not everyone, but many are in wheelchairs. So that's why I found it more accessible to teach chair yoga. And in senior homes that I've been teaching many years throughout Bay Area, not everyone has dementia or Alzheimer's, but I'm sure quite, at least quite a few, even if I don't know exactly who is what, because people come in and out, sometimes large classes, 20, 30 people. There's always a, a good percentage that do have dementia or Alzheimer's. Not everyone in the home. Some are different, like um, sections of the homes that would have Alzheimer's. So again, chair yoga, even if people can walk into the class from their room down the hall, chair yoga makes it comfortable. They're not going to fall. It's safe. Whether we do standing or all seated, everyone can join. I've seen the benefits with that for many years from 
um, people feeling more flexible, less back pain. I watch their postures week to week as they start to sit tall, part by mimicking me as I'm trying to teach them sit tall and, you know, we're doing brief breathing practice. People have specifically told me they've um, helped decrease pain. One said she had terrible arthritis, but she doesn't have pain during the chair yoga class. This was at a, a community center. Others told me she, one, that she takes class with me now weekly, and she said it helps lower her blood pressure. She checks her blood pressure before and after, and it helps. And I learned that, I know, from, the, from Ornish's program, Dr. Ornish Heart Disease Reversal. But the Alzheimer's research I'm teaching for now, and I actually just started teaching weekly for that this week, but I've been mm. a part of it. They started only five months ago. So I can't give information yet as to the benefits they're experiencing because it's only five months in, but the research information will come out when that study is done. It just started at his um, preventative medicine research institute in Sausalito, and I'm really happy to be a part of that because it's an incredible program. So I can't give specifics on that, but I know that just the social support, and that includes being in a chair yoga class or in a group class, although in his research program, he's actually literally doing support groups, but just that is very healing, exercise aside. But then in the Alzheimer's study, also he's having on the plant-based vegan diet, which is extremely healing and beneficial, not just for perhaps slowing or reversing dementia or Alzheimer's, but for the overall health of the body. These are all research proven, right, from his heart disease program. So he's studying it now with the Alzheimer's. But his um, research, again, is newer on the Alzheimer's, so I can't give info yet on that. But I do know his heart disease program was um, research. I believe he did research, if I'm right, about 37 years. And this number might be a little bit off, but it was something about 90% or over people who adhere to his lifestyle reversed heart disease or substantially. Hmm. Hmm. It's a staggering number. And actually, I'm reading now um, Dr. Michael Greger's book, How Not to Die, another um, doctor. And he, I just read in his book that he said heart disease, he said heart attacks are 96% avoidable in women who eat a wholesome diet and engage in other healthy lifestyle behaviors. He says the number one killer of women need almost never happen. That's a staggering statistic, right? 96% of heart attacks for women can be avoided with lifestyle, meaning perhaps Stress management could be yoga, meditation, qigong, tai chi, doesn't have to be yoga per se. Anything to manage stress can help the health, plus the plant-based diet, vegan or vegetarian perhaps. Um, Dr. Michael Greger, I think, works more with the vegan diet. The yogic diet used to be vegetarian, but now because of the cruelty in the dairy industry and factory farms, which is most of what the dairy and animal products are coming from now many yogis are going vegan and suggesting that but it's really again all connected it's not just the yoga posture although yoga postures are stress management and that might lead you to feel more mindful about your body and want to eat more vegetables so it's all connected but it's how we eat how we exercise or lack of that all affects our health right our stress level and if you in the go ahead yeah, I was going to say, there, there, I want to just point out, there actually is one study I can tell you that did was proven to slow memory issues for early stage um, Alzheimer's. This one was done already, so I can share that. It was from the Alzheimer's um, Research and Prevention Foundation, an MD, Dr. Dharma Khalsa um, Singh, in, down in Tucson, Arizona, and he proved a 12-minute-a-day meditation using a hand posture and a sound and he actually put 
sex scans on the study. I think they did 12 minutes a day, and it proved that it actually slowed um, memory loss for early-stage Alzheimer's. So that actually was an amazing contribution to know that not just do we feel more relaxed or clear-minded and able to think better, but it actually slowed the Alzheimer's. It's incredible to study that. That's amazing. And do you observe Mm -hmm. in the – this is completely not able to be graphed, I don't believe, but when you're working with people for a period of time that either have Alzheimer's or dementia or some other kind of either – mental, I won't call it confusion, but can get agitated easily perhaps. Do you observe mm-hmm. that after they do yoga or chair yoga with you for a period of time that they feel a little bit more on a very subtle level, a little more confident in themselves, that that calms down that agitation? Because my observation as an old healthcare practitioner, that when people get into a state of agitation, then the nerves kind of get into a chronic state of agitation. So if you can calm that down, it just helps them be a little more at ease. That doesn't, doesn't eliminate the condition necessarily, but they're, they're overall slightly smoother. Is that, am I making that up or is that a possibility? Now in, in someone who doesn't have dementia or Alzheimer's, it generally can calm the nervous system. And with a daily practice, even when you're not in a heightened rage or moment of uncontrollable emotion that might prevent you from having that because you're more mindful. You're learning your self management and stress management tools to use the breath to help stay calm. Or when we don't exercise, you might've pent up, you know, more emotions in the body. We're not releasing more adrenaline or whatever chemicals. So um, there is definitely that, but when you have Alzheimer's, so there's dementia and then there's Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is a specific type of dementia, which unfortunately now is the one one out of six leading cause of death in the U.S. And the numbers, some say, are getting higher. So I, I would love to say right away it will calm you down in the moment, but there are changes in the brain when you have Alzheimer's. So sometimes when you have that kind of um, outburst or anger come up, if you were talking about that, in that moment, and I've experienced that in my classes, in that moment, can you use, teach them a technique to breathe or calm? I'm not totally sure that that's the case. I would love to say it is, but in that moment, it's kind of a, um, you know, you just you want to be supportive and do your best to, to not have agitation for them. But right. okay. it's not necessarily with Alzheimer's. Yeah, because with Alzheimer's, it's not necessarily, maybe their personality prior wasn't quick to anger or agitated, but then something might have changed or they can lose um, the ability to maybe prevent that. So it's a little different. I'd love to say it right away. Let's all just chant OM or take a deep breath and we're okay. But that's not always the case later stage or depending. But the idea and what Dr. Ornish's study will find out and what what I know yoga can do for generally for seniors. And if you have dementia and you're aware of it or early stage Alzheimer's, it's very anxiety producing and traumatic. And to start watching you lose your things or your memories. And and so that for sure can help because then you're learning to, do a practice maybe with other people for support and calming the nerves to give you peace, even for a brief time. But in the long term, um, it's kind of new research to see, can you slow or prevent it with it? But, mm-hmm. but I did read one study once from um, that there actually was showing that people with Alzheimer's or, and dementia, I forget if it was both or one, but the days they exercised, for example, or ate less sugar, they had less memory symptoms. 
memory loss symptoms, even in one day. So for sure, lifestyle can, I imagine, at least slow symptoms. But uh-huh. you're always, the, the ideal is the earlier you start, the better, but it's never too late. But everything we eat, again, our exercise, our stress management level cannot, the brain's an organ, the heart's an organ, so it can affect perhaps everything. A lot of these diseases that people think are genetic, they may be predisposition to genetics, but it doesn't mean as some, they're even doing more studies again, to, that doesn't mean it has to be expressed. And often we say it's genetic, but what's also passed down sometimes is how we eat or our lifestyle. So it's not a guarantee, but it's worth living a lifestyle with optimal preventative and wellness, in my opinion, not just to prevent disease, but to enjoy your life more day to day and have more peace and more health, more energy. Mm-hmm. I had somebody email me before the show to ask about have you seen changes or observed differences with people and uh, osteoarthritis? Ah, that's such a great question. Yeah, people say their joint pain um, during, as I mentioned before, one woman said during the class was the only time it didn't, actually it wasn't as severe her pain. But yeah, people keep coming to class and practicing on their own even 10 minutes a day because it can definitely help. But there happen to be, this is funny you ask, because there's barely any research studies on chair yoga itself, but one of the few was done, I think it was last year, on osteoarthritis pain and chair mm-hmm. yoga, not yoga, but specifically chair yoga. And that was done by Florida Atlantic University, and they had about a 45-minute session for eight weeks, and the effect, they said, that their pain uh, was reduced for everyday living. And in the study, it did help. It reduced pain, um, pain and actually, um, it's actually, I had it out this, to give you the exact quote from it if this came up, because it's one of the few studies. They said the long, um, the overall goal of the study was to decrease pain and improve physical and psychosocial functions of elderly individuals. And, and it helped. It surely proved <clears throat> that it could help. They said, although they said, uh, currently the only treatment for osteoarthritis, which has no cure, includes lifestyle change and pharmacological treatments that are not without adverse events. That's what someone said about the study. But it did help. They, they researched about 131 older adults. And it was wow. the first randomized control study, I believe, on specific osteoarthritis pain. So, so yeah, they, they measured the pain. It says how it affects their life, their balance, their gait speed, fatigue, and functional ability before, during, and after the session. Hmm. I'll have to get that information from you. That's great to know. Yeah, um, yeah. And has this is a, a side question. Has anybody done research on the benefits of something like chair yoga for the caregivers? Caregivers seem to be undercared for. <laughs> yeah, this is extremely important. I once was on a podcast for um, – Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, and it was the topic we had was chair yoga for caregivers. So I invite the caregivers to take the classes when I teach at assisted living homes or family visiting, whether family caregiver or a hired caregiver, because they are so stressed often where their bodies hurt from lifting their um, patient or loved one up and down. So for sure, it would benefit caregivers. And they're the study, there was a few studies on this, and there was actually, I believe that Kirtan Kriya, that chant I mentioned that from the Alzheimer's Research Prevention Organization proved it can slow memory loss. I believe someone did, either they or someone else did the same study for caregivers, and it 
it did help for a calming effect, I'm sure, if nothing else. But any meditation or chair yoga can help everyone. And then it's so beautiful because the partner or the mother, um, daughter or child visiting the perhaps this is a living home or at home, they can do it together. It's a nice activity that's good for both. And it's good for the brain because you're moving the body and you can do some right-left body movements or coordination. So, but the caregivers itself, extremely, I'm glad you're mentioning that because it is sort of a, not always mentioned, but they, you can't help people as much unless you're helping yourself and keeping your own health up. So if you have mm-hmm. back pain and exhausted and stressed, you're, you're not going to be as effective in helping and supporting someone else. So it's crucial for caregivers. So I highly suggest yoga, chair yoga, qigong, exercise, eating your vegetables, like for everyone, but especially when you're caring for someone else with that amount of stress to definitely mm-hmm. keep up with your own wellness practice without, yeah. as the as yogis say, health is wealth. You can help Another people great as baseball much cap. as you need to. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. That was Swami Vishnu Devananda said, health is wealth, peace of mind is happiness. Nice. And yoga shows the way. Then he said, and, yoga shows the way at the end. Uh, <laughs> that's really good. Um, and we haven't really talked about fall prevention. I, I have a mm-hmm. note here because I think that's, that's another area, and, and I think you talk about that in the book, the Chair Yoga book, talking about fall prevention. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because that seems like what? Fall prevention. But it makes sense once right. you read the book. Yeah. So fall prevention is real because for seniors or perhaps people with injury, um, it's a real um, something to pay attention to. Chair yoga, you would think, how is that fall prevention? Well, it's just like a fall. They actually have fall prevention classes where they'll teach seniors to do certain exercises or stuff but yoga chair yoga specifically just like the exercises strengthens your legs can support your joints for healthier joints very important it gives awareness where your feet are in the posture balancing even on two feet fall prevention practice using chair yoga doesn't mean you have to balance on one foot you can balance standing poses on two feet or if you're sitting during chair yoga class but you can walk or you even use a walker Outside of chair yoga class, during the chair yoga postures, even if seated, I really point out to bring awareness to your feet and your legs. So by being more aware of where our body is and not always being in our minds, you're less likely to trip or fall. And then if you do trip or fall, you might be less likely to injure yourself because you're keeping flexible and the body quicker reflexes, perhaps, by doing the other yoga postures. But just because I keep pointing out studies, <laughs> um, there's so many um, good good studies out there the real knowing the the experience of it working is really the key I've had students in my senior classes one woman's 90 and she fell and she said um it really helped the chair yoga because it, it she had a little less anxiety or fear once she was on the ground how to get back up and that's because we've talked about that even in the chair yoga classes it sounds like that's not yoga but for senior chair yoga classes that's a real topic that some students want to discuss is when you fall and there's panic, how do you handle it? If you've injured yourself and no one's home, how do you handle it? So chair yoga for seniors is very practical day to day. You have to get in and out of the shower, using the toilet, you know, practical yoga, right? Not just um, for feeling bliss within, but practical to keep the body functioning. So 
So balance is real. And one, there's been a few studies how um, there's one actually in the other study, one of the few others on cherry yoga was specifically for balance for elderly. It says safety and feasibility of modified cherry yoga on functional outcomes among elderly at risk for falls. And that was um, back in 2012, but they were, the number might be higher now, but they were saying at least 50% of those over 80 fall annually. And many people have experienced this with their parents or grandparents. Once people fall and then perhaps are not mobile or can't drive anymore or be on their own, then often then they might need support and assisted living and it's not, um, they're not living independent anymore. So there's mental and social factors that are affected, not just the physical fall. But that study, of course, like all of the studies on yoga, showed that um, balance and mobility were improved. And that was an eight-week study. They met only twice a week to do classes at the assisted living facility. And they participated using a chair and some with props. And for that, too, beneficial. And they showed um, you know, different benefits. And there's been a few other studies as well. I've never actually seen a yoga study where they say, no, the yoga didn't work. <laughs> It's always showing, yes, it improved their balance, improved their whatever it is, strength, decreased pain. I've seen mostly positive from these studies. <laughs> I'm laughing because yeah. I've never they, seen – I haven't researched yoga like you have, but I do a lot of research, and I've never seen a study that said yeah. yoga was the worst thing they could have ever possibly exactly. done. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's, you know, no, it's always pretty exactly. much like, you know, good. <laughs> And what, sure and what I love about the research – yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I say what I love about the yoga research study, it's always say like in this case they were studying the risk for fall. But then one of the benefits they found that they said it's beneficial not just improving mobility but reducing fear of falling. So what I love is there's always additional benefits they discover because it can calm the anxiety about fear of falling. It's not just uh, improving your mobility or preventing fall. Do you think that there's a benefit? No, no, let me back that up. Have you observed a benefit from people doing, in particularly, let's say, in these senior centers, or even at a boardroom table, do you see benefit to people doing yoga practice or just even chair yoga in a group? Is there a benefit to doing it in a group? I'm not saying that solo is bad. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. is there an added benefit to doing it in a group in a certain way? There sure is, especially for seniors who may be living alone or even in an assisted living home if they're not very easily, except perhaps meals to get out if they have to rest a lot or in their room. It is a, a support system and it's social benefit. So that is a huge benefit, not just the exercise itself. So the group setting I have them often sit in a circle of chairs at the assisted living home. So there's a huge social benefit. And I, I often sometimes at the end might say, let's all think of one thing we're grateful for today and let's share it with the person next to you. And I do these specifically to connect. So if they're feeling isolated, which is often can lead to depression and then affect the physical health, then even just that few minute conversation or connection is useful and can make someone's entire day. And that might lead to other friendships. And I see as the weeks go by, the students start talking more to each other before class and after and connecting, and it has many benefits. In the company settings, I don't have them sit in a circle of chairs usually because I feel they're, they don't. It's kind of the opposite. Instead of them needing the group support in the company setting, they are with people all day and maybe deadlines, spreadsheets, Internet, noise, meetings. 
there I feel like they need to go inward. Then they're kind of not be looking at their coworker and talking, but use that time to be with their breath and their body and that stillness and the postures or exercise. So in that case, in companies, although it's beneficial in the group because that way they'll do it, they'll do it. They might not on their own sit on a bench outside and practice for an hour, but in a group setting with a set time every day or every week for the company class, they'll do it. So the benefit in the company is the length of time they'll do with the group, the set time, which keeps them practicing. And although I try to encourage everyone to do it on their own, they don't always. So it keeps them doing it. But in that setting, the social support isn't as needed. They need to probably kind of turn off their, you know, mind and senses a little bit from the external world to get refreshed and rebooted, no pun intended, to go back to their computer. <laughs> Rebooted is perfect. <laughs> Although you know, um, yeah, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't even, gen- I shouldn't generalize because in um, some of the companies, some people work from home and they they come in just for that class I'm teaching once a week. So for them, maybe that is social support, and then they, that might be good for them if they're working alone all week at home. So I shouldn't overgeneralize that, but right. No, I think that's that's I can see that for you know, I mean, I'm standing in alone in a room talking to myself. Really, if you were to look from the outside, I do this a lot. <laughs> Stand in a room alone, talking to myself. Other people are listening, but I'm not with them directly. So yeah, the idea of being in a group someplace occasionally would be kind of nice, kind of good. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. We're, I'm I'm really surprised to find we're already here. How do people get started with chair yoga? And do people, work, you know, all those, all those questions, like how do they get started with chair yoga? Where do they find your book? Where do they find much of your information? All those questions. Okay. Yeah. I have a website. Um, easiest is sunlight yoga, S U N L I G H T Y O G A.com. On that, I have a page that leads to chair yoga. There's also a page on that Marin TV. I did two 30 minute chair yoga shows for, cable TV this year a few months ago and I put both episodes free on my website so that's one way to start you can practice those videos um, as much as you like it links to a, a YouTube of both um, the first show is all seated the second one's all seated but two simple standing poses optional so you can practice that all seated if you like my book sunlight chair yoga yoga for everyone is linked on my website that has over 200 photos with details how to practice not just the postures, but meditation, breathing. I even put some vegan recipes in there. And, and those are ways for me, if you're in, anyone's in San Rafael, California, I have a weekly 11 a.m. Wednesday class at a church downtown. And I teach at Bay Area companies. But in your area, people can search their local YMCA or community center. Their health club may have it. If not, they can suggest it. But if they want a group class, they can just do a search, chair yoga for the town they're in and see what's there and try it out. And if someone doesn't like that one class, it might be that particular class or teacher they didn't resonate with. So don't give up on it. Try another one. Every class is unique and every style is different. There are, I also have online courses, um, which is linked on my website. If someone wants about 10 hours online to practice chair yoga, I have an office yoga course on my website with specifically chair yoga at your desk. But you really, um, you don't necessarily need to pay anyone to learn chair yoga if you can motivate yourself and practice with some YouTube videos that feel safe and comfortable or learn from some books. My book's even in the Marin library system. So that's, if you're on a budget, you can learn it for no charge, but you have to be disciplined to do it. And otherwise the classes really can provide you um, encouragement and learning the pose. But hopefully at some point everyone will start to 
remember or learn some simple sequences they can do on their own. And on my website, too, I have a few 10-minute practices and chair yoga sun salute. So I've got some resources there to get people started. Great. Thank you so much. I knew that was going to be a fun conversation. That was great. <laughs> I, I, yeah. It makes me want to actually start doing something. I, I Before the show, I was actually doing downward dog at my desk. I don't think I'm doing it completely Wonderful. right, but at least – a little stretching. Wow, what a radical idea. A little stretching. That's Unbelievable. it. Hold your desk, walk your legs back, breathe five times. That's down, I call it desk downward dog. It could be as simple as that. And then it gives you a little energy. Your muscles feel better. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. My shoulder stopped being quite so twitchy. It was great. I was like, oh my, wow, I just did that and it did something. That's a, wonderful. All right. Thank Perfect. you so much, Perfect. And I'm going to follow up with you. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm going to follow up with you because I trained a teacher in your area. So maybe you'll start enjoying a weekly class soon as well. Great. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, okay. Thank you so much. And everybody have a great rest of the weekend. And we'll see you. I think we're doing an event on Tuesday at happy hour. Look at soundhealthoptions.com. And uh, thanks very much. Bye-bye.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.